0: Yo, what's going on everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the JP Hoops Podcast presented by Book it Sports. Go get the Booket Sports app. It's March Madness time. We're recording this in the middle of the first full slate of games for March Madness. I have Liberty taking on Oklahoma State right now. Future, probably first overall pick in the NBA draft, Cade Cunningham taking on Liberty. And you could be talking about this in the Book It Sports app. It's the best community of sports bettors in the entire world, all on one app, talking bets, talking lines, talking what's hot. Go get it right now, free on the Apple and Android store. It's worth checking out. And yes, I mentioned Kate Cunningham will do a little bit of March Madness as that is what the weekend's about. I mean, let's be fair. Yes, there's NBA going on, but we care about the madness going on in March for College Hoops. But there is some NBA stuff we have to get to. And let's start with this. And just to clean some things up, it's your boy, Justin Porra. As always, I'm not going anywhere. The host of the JP Hoops podcast. We're recording on Friday, March 19th. It is 716 p.m. Had a lot doing this morning. Had to watch the first few games of the tournament. Now we're recording the podcast for all our fantastic listeners. All right, so I mentioned a couple of trades. We do have the NBA trade deadline now officially less than a week away. And it'll be next Thursday. We have a lot of rumors to discuss. That'll be big on the Tuesday episode of this show. But there were a couple of moves made since... This past Tuesday and the biggest of the two being PJ Tucker to Milwaukee and the Heat were able to acquire Trevor Ariza in return for Myers Leonard who the Oklahoma City Thunder are cutting. Not really going to get into that whole case scenario, but we all know that Myers Leonard deserves a little bit of time away from basketball to kind of think about some things. But anyways, let's talk about what these trades mean for a couple of Eastern Conference teams. Now, after signing Giannis to the Supermax, after seeing where the Milwaukee Bucks have been over the last couple of seasons, something has been made very well aware. It's that the Bucks aren't quite there yet. They were the one seed in 2018, excuse me, 2018-19 season. They were the one seed in the 2019-2020 season. And this team failed to make And NBA Finals in both instances. They lost in the ECF to the Raptors in 19. And they lose embarrassingly to the Miami Heat in the second round in the bubble. So what were they missing? I was on a podcast, the All Even Podcast, with a couple buddies. And what I heard from them is something that really kind of, you know, resonated with me. It's that the Bucs didn't have any dogs on their team the first couple of years. In 2018-2019, they didn't have anybody that would really get after an opposing superstar on another team. And yes, they were one of the better defensive teams in the league. But they didn't have anyone who was scrappy, who would willingly choose to play defense over offense. That was never the M.O. individually of any of the players on this team. Well, over the offseason, they went out and got a previous first-team all-defensive player in Drew Holiday. And now they go out and get P.J. Tucker from Houston. And when you want to classify dogs in the NBA, scrappy players, guys that will get down your throats, these are two of those guys. And I think the P.J. Tucker acquisition was huge for Milwaukee. And I think that, for me, puts them in that official lockdown top three in the Eastern Conference conversation. When I look at the Eastern Conference right now, Brooklyn's number one clear-cut Tier 1 Eastern Conference team. And then Tier 1B, which are teams that in any other year, where the Brooklyn Nets didn't have three all-NBA players, they would be top-tier teams in the league. And that's the Philadelphia 76ers, and now you have to include the Milwaukee Bucks. And I still think that the ceiling for the Bucks isn't as high as people think it is. I think now it is Eastern Conference Finals is the ceiling. But I think the floor rose a little bit because as you... As listeners of the podcast know, I'm not a huge, Giannis is a number one dominant, can do whatever you need player in the NBA. Not yet, he doesn't have the jump shot for it. And he doesn't have the clutch gene. So I still think that there are limitations to Milwaukee. But I think now when you have someone with the tenacity, the leadership, the experience of P.J. Tucker... That puts you an edge above some other teams, especially in that Eastern Conference. So I think the fit's going to be great. I think Milwaukee will relish him and be very happy to have him. But I still think when the second best true player on the team is Chris Middleton, with Giannis, a guy who doesn't shoot a ton, as the number one guy, I still don't think they're better than Philly. They're nowhere near Brooklyn. But I think now it will officially be a shock to me if they lose in the first round. And I expect a 2-3 matchup between Philly and Milwaukee to go at least six games and be very, very interesting. So now let's take a look at the Miami Heat. They're also trying to get into that 1B conversation. They're currently a tier two team in the Eastern conference. And it's funny. I'm saying that first as a heat fan, second as Miami is the most recent winners of the Eastern conference, but they have all the young pieces around. They have Kendrick Nunn. They have Duncan Robinson. They have Tyler hero, bam out of Bayou. Now who are the old veterans that are going to help everybody out and show it on the floor? Yes, of course you have Jimmy Butler. Udonis Haslam is the guy. He just never sees the court. Avery Bradley, who deals with injury issues often, and Andre Iguodala. Those aren't major impact guys other than Jimmy Butler. But now you have Trevor Ariza, and if you want to compare it to last year's Miami Heat, he's going to do what Jay Crowder did for this Heat team, which is... Be a 3-and-D type of guy. Bring a ton of energy. Get after it on the defensive side of the ball. Motivate. Teach. Show the young guys how it's done. And when you talk about heat culture and Trevor Ariza going out saying that he has always wanted to play for this franchise, that's what the younger players need to look at when you're trying to continue a culture that has such a refined history in the NBA. So I think both teams made pretty low-risk, medium-reward trades that will work for them in each other's systems. And I think there are no losers in this situation. But I think for both teams, the same message is clear. You're still not Brooklyn. I'm sorry to tell it. yeah. If, if you believe that P.J. Tucker to Milwaukee and Trevor Ariza to Miami means that these teams are going to compete with the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference this year, you're absolutely out of your mind. It's fun to talk about. We all know P.J. Tucker from his time in Houston. We all know about Trevor Ariza. Guy's been in the league for a very long time. And he's been a part of some pretty good teams in the process. But let's not talk about them being, oh, the Nets got James Harden, and the Heat got Trevor Ariza, and the Bucks got P.J. Tucker. It's not the same situation, fellas. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you right now that these teams are not messing with the Brooklyn Nets come playoff time. I think that the Bucs-Sixers series is going to be very interesting. But if you look at the playoff situation right now, with Brooklyn as the one, Philly and Milwaukee as the 2-3, and the Heat is the 4, I think Brooklyn goes minimum five games with the Heat. And I think it'll be six or seven between Philly and Milwaukee. And then I think Brooklyn deals with the winner of that Philly-Milwaukee series in either five or six. And I think that's common knowledge at this point when you look at the talent in the Eastern Conference, just what Brooklyn is able to do. Katie and Kyrie don't even need to play. And they were the only two players that mattered before the season started. And now, if they don't play, it doesn't matter because James Harden, Is going to come out with a 40-point triple-double and they're still going to win games. So let's put that to bed right now before it becomes a discussion. The Brooklyn Nets, no matter what happens, unless Bradley Beal goes to either Milwaukee or Philly or even Miami, which is highly, highly unlikely, I don't see any team in the Eastern Conference messing with the Brooklyn Nets. All right, so let's get into something I said on Tuesday's podcast. I won't say I was mean to Donovan Mitchell because I wasn't. I think he's a fantastic player. And I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. But when we talk about superstar, all NBA first team guys that can push their teams to the limit and win NBA championships, he is most definitely not on that list. And let's be fair to Donovan Mitchell. It's not a very big list. There's only eight players to me on that list. Two of them happen to be on the same team. You got LeBron James, obviously, with the Lakers. You have the Nets teammates, Kevin Durant and James Harden. You have Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors. Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Giannis, while I say he can't win it all on his own, I think that he can be, you know, he's an MVP of the league. Let's not discredit him for anything. I think Joel Embiid, after what we've seen from him this season, is one of those guys. And of course, you have Kawhi Leonard. To me, that's the list. I think Luka Doncic by next season will be on that list. I think Zion Williamson by next season will be on that list. And I think if we could see a full finish from Devin Booker this year, he will be on that list. And maybe Donovan Mitchell can too. I don't really know. But I think as of right now, those eight players are it. And these are guys who can go into the NBA playoffs, be the best player on their team, win games individually for their team and put them in a position to win an NBA Finals. Now, there are some notable omissions. I didn't say Doncic yet. I didn't say Jason Tatum yet. I didn't say Donovan Mitchell yet. And I most certainly did not say Anthony Davis in that list. Because Anthony Davis, we saw it when he was in New Orleans. With no real backup, even if there are some good players, would they win one playoff series? That doesn't cut it for me. At least Giannis went to an Eastern Conference Finals. And he went six games in that series. And he's won MVPs in this league. I can't say that about Anthony Davis. Unless he had a guy named LeBron James on his team. Kyrie Irving, same deal for him. The Celtics, when he was there, played better in the playoffs without him. LeBron James was still winning in Cleveland when Kyrie left. And I think he's the third most important player on this Brooklyn Nets team. So those eight guys, that's my list. And I don't really see that changing. Nikola Jokic is another guy who I didn't say it, but he's getting into that category too. I just think it helps when Jamal Murray has proven to be an absolute baller in the playoffs himself, and he's usually the one scoring points in those playoff games. So those eight are my tier one superstar. You can build a championship franchise around these guys this year. Luka's not there yet, but he'll be there probably by next year. Same for Tatum, same for Zion. Maybe the same for Donovan Mitchell even though I'm not as high on him as other guys are. Someone I didn't mention also who was in the NBA Finals last year, Jimmy Butler. Can he be there? Yes, they did make the NBA Finals last year but I can't have anyone jumping down my throat when I'm putting him on top of a Luka Doncic and an Anthony Davis and guys like that because I also think Looking at it now, that bubble season is a little bit of an outlier. So we'll see what Miami can do this year. And Jimmy will officially earn his respect on that list. He's, he's in it for me. He will always have a spot in my heart as an MDP of the Miami Heat. But we're being fair here. Let's leave it at that. All right, before we get a little bit of college basketball, one NBA coach has been rumored a little bit to be Heading back to college basketball. And that's Brad Stevens of the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens, formerly the coach of Butler, got to -to back-to-back Final Fours with Butler. And if you're a little confused on who is Butler, why do you keep emphasizing? They're not necessarily a basketball school. So to go to -to back-to-back Final Fours under this coach, it's pretty incredible. Brad Stevens, one of the great college coaches, Uh, after his success in Butler obviously went to the Boston Celtics and he's been there for a few years now. He's maxed out at an Eastern Conference Finals and with their struggles midway through the first half of the NBA season people were thinking, well, maybe it's time for a change. And now one of the big openings in college basketball is at the University of Indiana somewhere where Stevens grew up. It's a huge Hometown basketball state and city of Indianapolis. And the fit just seems perfect. If Brad Stevens were ever to return to college basketball, this would be the job he would take. Well, I got a news Flash for everyone. While I would love to see it, while I'm sure a lot of college basketball fans would love to see it, he's not going anywhere. He's too good of a coach. He's still super young. His young 40s, I believe. The Boston Celtics going to an Eastern Conference Finals with no Kyrie Irving. With Isaiah Thomas, who cannot find a steady job in the league right now. This was only three years ago, people. And just what he's able to done, evolving Jason Tatum, evolving Jalen Brown, the evolution of Marcus Smart as a player, and all these young guys. Boston's not going to let him go. And I don't know why he would want to leave. This guy's 44 years old, making millions of dollars, with the second most historically great NBA franchise in the entire sport. So I don't know why he would leave. Yes, Indiana is going to throw a ton of money at him to try to convince him to leave. But when you talk about college basketball, that is a full-time grind. When you do recruiting, when you have to talk to families, you have to deal with obviously all things coronavirus, and it's not when you have a billion-dollar owner who's in charge of the team kind of overseeing everything, writing the checks and whatnot. When you're the head coach of a basketball program, especially a a conglomerate like Indiana, it's going to be big time. And when you have a nice, comfortable job with the Boston Celtics and they're not going to fire him anytime soon, they're going to keep him. So I'm sorry to crush your dreams, Hoosiers fans. That's just the reality of it. And I'm tired of seeing the story because he went out and denied it today. And I know a lot of Big J journos think that it's going to happen. But we got to accept that It's not going to be the case. So we just all kind of have to move forward with it. All right, so let's talk a little college hoops. As I mentioned, I'm watching Liberty, Oklahoma State right now. And if you're an NBA fan, I'm going to give you the names of some guys you have to be watching this weekend, this entire March Madness, because you are going to be seeing them in the big league very, very soon. And number one, it's Kate Cunningham. Kate Cunningham of Oklahoma State. He was the number one recruited country. Oklahoma State wasn't sure if they were going to be banned from this year's postseason. He's obviously going to be a one-and-done, but they were able to put an appeal in. The appeal was never heard, so they didn't get the postseason ban. And Cade Cunningham has led this Cowboys team so, so far, farther than anyone could have ever imagined. They beat Baylor in the Big 12 Uh, tournament and on the way to playing Baylor in the semifinals they played West Virginia who is a three seed in the tournament in their first matchup and they lose a tough game to Texas who is also a three seed and Cade Cunningham look he's not a guy who's going to demand that he does it all himself he is such a great team player kind of a small forward in the NBA stands six feet eight inches tall he could shoot he can defend, and he's a terrific playmaker. Absolutely dynamite to watch. Oklahoma State losing right now. I do not expect that to be the case. And, you know, one of the reasons they're losing, Cunningham picked up a couple quick fouls in that first half and rode the last five or so minutes on the bench. Another guy. Look at Illinois. They also played earlier today and beat the absolute breaks off of Drexel, the best player on their team, Io DeSumo. The point guard, he'll be wearing a Batman mask throughout the entire tournament. He's electric. The point guard of the champions of the Big Ten, it's him and Kofi Coburn are the one-two punch, but he is the ball handler. He is the decision maker. He is the playmaker on this Illinois team. They are terrific. They're a one seed for a reason in this tournament. And I personally have them going to the national championship game. And one more guy you got to look out for, and it's Gonzaga. You go to the point guard, Jalen Suggs. Suggs is one of the biggest recruits that Gonzaga has ever had in the program's history. Gonzaga has not lost a game yet this season. He is the engine that makes them go, the ball handler. He is a shooter, the guy you want in these clutch situations. And there is a lot of talent on Gonzaga. They have about six or seven elite-level players. And no, they haven't played anybody since about January. But they have wins over Iowa, over Kansas, over West Virginia, over UVA earlier this season. So they are ready for this big dance. And Jalen Suggs is ready to lead them to greatness for the first time. In Gonzaga history. My final four for those who asked. I know not many of you did. I have three one seeds. Baylor, Illinois, Gonzaga. And then the other team I got. Is Texas. A three seed. Coming out of Michigan's region. I have Michigan losing to Florida State. In the Sweet 16. Then my national championship game. I have Gonzaga taking down Texas. And I have Uh, Illinois taking down Baylor, and then I have Gonzaga beating Illinois Jalen Suggs over Io DeSumo in the national championship game for Gonzaga to get its first ever national championship. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of the JP Hoops podcast. Tuesday, big episode of the show as we break down all of the potential decisions that teams are going to have to make at the trade deadline, at the buyout deadline. What is going to happen? We're going to see the league shake up a pretty good amount next week. I believe that there are still plenty of deals to get done. And then in the Friday episode of next week's show, we'll hopefully break all of those trades down. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to the JP Hoops podcast. Go check out the Book It Sports app. in the iTunes and Android Store, and I'll talk to y'all.